Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group and News Talk 1130 WISN. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. Today on our show, like every other day on our show, we're going to shine a light on some great people that are doing great things in our community. Our goal is to bring awareness and support to the countless nonprofits that are doing great work in and around the city And our hope is that you'll find a place to plug in and make a difference yourself in some way. So there are two things that we're going to talk about today that are perfect topics of discussion for this time of year, actually for any time of year, really, and that's good food and peace. Now, I'm talking peace like peace on earth, goodwill to men. We're going to talk about how these two things, when they're brought together, serve the needy and bring people together for a sense of community in an area that is typically known as a tough part of town. Now, you may not be familiar with the formal name of the organization we're featuring today, but more than likely, you'll be familiar with one or both of the service centers that they operate. Brother Robert Wotipka is the ministry director at Capuchin Community Services and Chuck Schmela serves on the Capuchin Community Services Ministry Council and is a volunteer. So welcome to the show today, Brother Robert and Chuck. Thank you. It's good to be with you. So the main organization that you both represent is called Capuchin Community Services, which some or probably many people are not familiar with. But the two main service centers that you operate are more than likely very familiar to the community, and they are the House of Peace and St. Ben's Community Meal Program. So let's start uh, by having you each share with us what brought you to the Capuchin Community Services in Milwaukee to serve the people there. Thanks, Jill. Um, I'll start off on Chuck Schmela here. Um, you know, I retired in 2011, and um, I was uh, in living in Arizona for a number of years and when I retired, and then came back here to, to move into, to move back to Milwaukee, where I was born and raised, and spent a year just kicking around, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew that I had to get um, to do, doing something that would take me out of the home. You know, my wife kept reminding me of, of she needed more space and when are you, when are you going to do something? <laughs> so she suggested actually uh, that I go down and talk to uh, St. Ben's because they're doing so many different things with, uh, with the homeless and the needy. And she knew that I was um, spent some time with, with the homeless and needy in Arizona when I was there. Of course it was, just the opposite. We take care of people up in, in, in Milwaukee, you know, warming rooms. In, in Arizona, we take care of them in cooling rooms in the summer months. So we're just flipping. But, you know, I got such a joy out of doing that, helping the homeless there. And they had a lot of families, more families than we have, as I recall, and young kids that were on the street. And giving that experience to my young kids at the time, was just um, unbelievable experience that, that it was for me and, and for them as well. And today they're in their thirties and forties, my, my, my kids, and um, still talk about it, still talk about that experience. So 
you know, it, I needed to give it a shot. So I, I did call um, uh, the uh, St. Ben's to see if they had any openings for volunteer. And I talked to the person that was in charge of the assistant director and in charge of the volunteers as well. And he said, well, it's interesting some of the things that you have done in your working life. Why don't you come down and we'll talk about what, what you want to do. And so I did the following week and we talked about what, what Ben's does and still does. And it was just all brand new stuff to me, you know, that kind because I was the, the, the interaction that I had with the homeless people were putting them, helping them bed down for the night, you know, roll out a rubber mat, get something to eat, make sure they had a good um, a shower, um, high, good hygiene to take a shower before they go to bed and that kind of thing. It wasn't anything else. It wasn't clothing. It wasn't uh, haircuts. It wasn't eyeglasses. It wasn't shelters, permanent shelters. It wasn't any of those kind of resources. And I just was amazed at all of the things that St. Ben's did I didn't even know that the House of Peace existed, and I said, "Well, what do you need me to do?" And and at that time, the answer came back, "Well, what do you want to do?" You know, and clearly and very quickly, I I got the message that if you're not committed in doing something that you want to do, you're not going to do a very good job at it, and and. Clearly, I, I learned the, the thing, too, what we need to be volunteers, what we need to be committed to the cause. And, and the, the people that we serve, guests uh, at, at St. Ben's and at any of the different organizations also, is this reliability. You know, they, our guests need to know that we're going to be there for them, no matter what we do. If they're greeter at the door, if we are, are finding resources uh, for them, uh, we have we have to be there. You know, they want to they want to see us on a regular basis, and then they open up trust and, and communications with one another. And, and and then the the benefits that all of this has is is will come start flowing out. So I, I made the decision of helping with the meal program, um, finding resource information for the people if they needed to know. You know, where are where can they go for a food pantry or dentist help or medical assistance or job fairs or legal aid? Where can they go for free in the local community? And I just was pointing them in the right direction. And that awesome. began, you know, month or week after week and week after week of doing that. I was only doing it twice a month. Every other Monday was I started off. And then I started just branching off and, and doing other things. Um uh, within within St. Ben's uh, with the different events that we took place, um, and it just it just brought so much joy. I just it was the best place that that I've ever worked. You know, I just uh, was looking forward to every day coming back there. Well, I like what you said about being committed to a cause because I think you're exactly right. If nobody can force you to go volunteer, it's got to come from the heart, and you got to do what you enjoy doing. Uh, and then you'll serve well. So, Brother Robert, what uh, what brought you to Capuchin Community Services? Uh, very simple, Jill, uh, the vow of obedience. When my uh, superiors, the brothers we elect to make the decisions for the Capuchin province of St. Joseph, when the superiors say, this is your assignment, you have to go. So uh, I entered the order in uh, 2010, and I uh, did what's known as temporary vows for six years. 
and then I made uh, perpetual vows in 2016, asked for ordination to the priesthood, and that happened in 2017. And then in 2018, our uh, provincial minister said, you are being assigned to Milwaukee, and you are going to be the pastoral director for Capuchin Community Services. And then a year later, after another transfer, where another brother was told, this is where you're going now, uh, I was made the ministry director. Okay. Well, I'm sure we're going to hear along the way some of your vast experience that you have that brought you to this role. So we're actually going to take a quick break first. But when we return, we'll talk more about each service center individually, and we'll get a better understanding of exactly how they're making a difference. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Brother Robert Wotipka and Chuck Schmela from Capuchin Community Services. So, Brother Robert, why don't you started out by giving us a little history behind the House of Peace. Let's first take it in sections here. And and this first segment, we'll talk about the House of Peace specifically. My pleasure. Thank you. The House of Peace was founded as a community service center by St. Francis of Assisi Parish, which is still going strong at 4th and Brown. Uh, It was a place for uh, people to get the things that they need that everyone is entitled to on the basis of our common human dignity. It moved to its present location at 17th and Walnut in 1975, but it really began as the brothers and the parishes desire, frankly, to have a place of peace, to have a place of resources, of gathering, transformation, education in the community. And it came directly out of the the civil disturbances after the assassination of Dr. King in 1968. The House of Peace was founded right after that and uh, is located in its present neighborhood, um, Johnson Park because Johnson Park was at the time, it's being transformed again now, at the time losing resources. We were thinking that the, a highway would be going through that neighborhood and the neighborhood was depopulated. And one of the reasons the founders chose to cite the House of Peace at 17th and Walnut is there are people here who need things, who need help, and we want to be um, the instrument to uh, share with people who have a need. So what is the mission for House of Peace? And then who and how specifically do you serve the community? The mission of the House of Peace is uh, to keep people in their homes and to keep families together. So uh, what are the things that would cause a person to uh, lose their home or a break up a family? Well, that would be principally income insecurity. So um, if there isn't enough uh, income coming into the household, one of the things that we'll have to, one of the hard choices might be, do we buy groceries? So therefore, we have an emergency food pantry. It's the only one open five days a week in the city. Um, what are the other expenses? Uh, job interviews, kids going back to school, new for clothing for growing children. So we have a clothing closet. We get a great deal of donations from all over the community, and we sort them and size them. Right now, we're doing this out of doors and in our garage because the clothing closet itself, the very space where this takes place, is really too small to host any substantial number of people. Frankly, as soon as the staff member and one or two volunteers are there, we're at capacity in terms of hosting safely. So we're doing everything outside until the pandemic lifts. But um, having a volunteer set up in the morning from nine to noon, 
uh, and it looks like Nordstrom's about one o'clock. And then about when we've hosted many, many people, um, about 15 minutes appointment, and you can take 15 items for one person, 25 items for two or more people. By around 2.45, we've hosted scores and scores of people who take with them what they need to get through the day, to get to that job interview, to get the kids ready for school, all free of charge. And then I'm not going to say last but not least, but one of the most vital things we do is what we call direct help. If a person, if a family, if a household has an emergency and that is preventing them from paying their rent, and this is very common, uh, you'll know as an investor uh, advisor, uh, Jill, something like 60 to 65% of American households cannot afford to pay an unexpected bill of $500 or more. So if a family, an individual has a car repair or an appliance that is essential to having a home breaks and they have a rent crisis, we will sit down with the, well, now we do it over the phone, but we will have a conference with the person who is facing eviction with the landlord and we will discern with our social work team is this a sustainable living situation? And if it is, are you willing to take our help so this uh, person that you're renting to can get over the hump? We call that direct help. And that's one of our really important ministries to um, prevent people from being evicted. And, and then the- some other things like the, uh, the UW-Milwaukee Health Center and the Marquette University Volunteer Legal Clinic. Tell us about those. Yeah, this is a great time to underline one of the key identity um, factors in Capuchin Community Services, which is partnering and collaboration. So another reason you could lose your home is a court action, legal proceedings. If you're not employed, if you can't be employed because you have outstanding legal cases, the Marquette University Volunteer Legal Clinic operates at House of Peace every Tuesday night. Of course, now it's being done remotely. And this is a tremendously popular ministry and partnership. First come, first serve between 4 and 6 p.m. on Tuesday nights. People can see a a retired lawyer, an alumni of Marquette Legal School, a volunteer student working their way through legal school for any open non-criminal case and get the help they need. That will be the difference. You know, maybe it's about getting an inheritance. Maybe it's about clearing my record so that uh, I don't, I'm not being screened out from employment opportunities. And then another partnership which has been thriving for decades is the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee Health Center. This is a place of community education, community outreach, and lately, since the pandemic, I have to applaud UW-Milwaukee. They have pivoted to really double down on training nurses to serve the community. So it's become a training. It's always been a place for training nurses, but the nurses in training have really helped us to keep our ministries going. They're doing the outreach. They're out there with us at the curbside, helping uh, the community, doing assessments, uh, all those things. And I've been told by the directors that the students, because of the unique challenges of people living with chronic poverty, the students really have their eyes opened and, and really, I think, have the opportunity to deepen their commitment to community care by serving at the House of Peace. I imagine. I imagine that's a great experience. I bet you have some great stories, too, of of personal impact that the House of Peace makes. Uh, The director of the St. Ben's site, Kenny Howard, was uh, shopping in the supermarket the other day. We get a lot of support from the food bank, but we also have to buy groceries, especially this time of year when we're filling Christmas boxes. So Kenny and one of our ministries of hospitality, ministers, uh, Andre, were shopping at a local pick and save and uh, the guys were wearing their, what I'm wearing now, which is my Capuchin Community Services sweatshirt, my hoodie. 
And someone in the aisle asked them, what's this about? What are you all doing? And they saw these overflowing carts. And he said, we have a food pantry. It's open every day. Uh, all, everyone's welcome, uh, 1 to 3.30. Just bring your uh, mail recently sent to your home and ID, and uh, we will help you. And the guy started to cry. The guy started to cry in the aisle, and he said, I have lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to come and see you, and you're going to help me. I'm so grateful. So mm. really, uh, that's a transformative story and, frankly, a matter of life and death to know that uh, the food pantry keeps going and keeps going strong. Yeah, well, I, I think if, if uh, people can hear the stories of how people are impacted, you know, the community that you serve, that really makes a difference because, of course, donating to a cause is wonderful, like we kind of were talking about in the first segment with Chuck. But when you really are meeting and talking with the people and forming these relationships, you have more of a heart to serve, I think, and, and to help. So we're going to talk uh, later in uh, the last segment about how specifically people can help. But so that was the House of Peace, which, again, is just one of the programs that the Caption Community Services provides. Uh, if you want to learn more about the other service program, at St. Ben's. Uh, Stay tuned and we'll learn more about that after the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. We're continuing our interview today with Capuchin Community Services and Representatives Brother Robert Wotipka and Chuck Schmela. Okay, so we have a really good understanding of how the House of Peace is making a difference and the services that it provides. So now let's talk about St. Ben's and the Community Meal Program. Um, the Community Meal Program had its roots in the Casa Maria Catholic Worker House, which is still going strong on 21st Street just about 10 blocks west of the uh, St. Ben's site. And Catholic worker, the Casa Maria, has a practice of what we call radical hospitality, where anyone who comes to the door will get what they need. Uh, And Ben's really, uh, our two sites are are pretty much well aligned with that philosophy, but we're not specifically in the Catholic worker movement, although they really are. They help us form our roots. Anyway, around 1970, the number of people coming to the door at the Casa Maria was overwhelming, and they asked the Capuchins assigned to St. Benedict the Moore Parish, can we use your meal hall to host people for a community meal? And that was in November of 1970, and now 51 years later, uh, it's the St. Ben's Community Meal, which we are desperate to reopen and return to a place of welcome, oh, is a place where community groups, six nights a week, faith communities, businesses, neighborhood associations, uh, come together for a potluck. It's uh, prepared off-site, sometimes in the parish hall, uh, sometimes uh, in people's homes, and it's served uh, Sunday through Friday from 5 to 6.30. And in addition to the 60 faith-based communities uh, and businesses, neighborhood groups, we have an equal number, and if not a larger number, who are serving on the floor. So um, one night a week, it might be, uh, let's say, a high school group. Uh, seniors will come in and pour the coffee and fill up the water pitchers and clear the tables and reset for the next guest and help us take out the trash and um, get trays for people with um, physical disabilities. Um, 
pass out, uh, if we have books or games that uh, people have donated, pass them out to the kids. And this has been the longest, that's probably Capuchin Community Services most visible and best known uh, ministry, the St. Ben's Community Meal, uh, going back 50 years. And I think uh, you talk about kids actually uh, coming in in groups and, and serving. What a great way to really get some boots on the ground experience. I know as a family, we're involved with the Milwaukee Rescue Mission and to donate to, again, a cause is wonderful. But when you go in and you're actually serving the people and meeting the people and and locking eyes with the people and holding their hands and giving them a hug. And I mean, that's really, to me, uh, the best part, you know? So again, when we get to a point where we can resume that type of um, service work, it can never come too soon, right? You're obviously making a big difference in the community by the numbers and the frequency of the meals that you serve. What about other services? Do you provide other services? I want to pivot to Chuck here and ask Chuck to talk a little bit about um, Wacky Wednesday and the gift that he shares on Wednesdays at St. Ben's Gathering Space. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, when Wednesday is part of our front porch ministry program, and we call it Wacky Wednesday affectionately because we, we open up the doors to a lot of our services that we offer our guests off the front porch. We help them with birth certificates. We help them with their, with their application to, to get their birth certificate. Any place in the world will help them do that and accomplish that. And, and we ask for a $5 co-payment. And we pay the rest of the fees uh, that that uh, come along the trail when you get your application, when you get your birth certificate from many places that are distant from here. We have an eyeglass program where we can build eyeglasses for people from scratch. They can individually work their eyes uh, one at a time. We don't have; to, they don't have to have all magnifications of three for reading or all magnifications of six. Uh, for reading, but we can do a, a one and a half and a four because not many people have the same eye uh, needs in, in, in each eye. So you can't go into like walking into a, a Walgreens store. We can custom build them. And many stories are about our eyeglass program. And, and I'm real been real privileged to put glasses together every Wednesday for eight years. And I've never... I'm crying now about it. <laughs> uh, people are so, you know, they, they're walking around and they can't see a bus sign. They, they're walking around and they can't see or, or fill out an application. And they're going through life that way. Can't, can't read a book, can't read a Bible. And, and they come in and they say, how can you do this for a dollar? Well, sit on, well, well, let me show you. And we do that for a dollar and, and, we, we start off with a frame. We have empty frames and we tell them, you know, pick a frame that you like and what arms are, are comfortable for you. And we go one eye at a time. You know, we have eight magnifications for nearsighted, eight magnifications for farsighted. And we go, does this work? Does this work? Does this work? And we keep doing that until they both work together. And so I pop them into the frames right then and there and, and, and give them to the, our, our guests. And they look around and I said, my God, I died and went to heaven. Mm. And they start tearing up. And pretty soon, you know, we're, we're all crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing. And, and the other side of that is, you know, we charge a dollar for that. 
And a lot of people don't have a dollar. And you, we don't like to give it away for free, but if people have to have it for a job application, for a job interview, you know, we'll do it. But normally we don't get that far because somebody is going to, is in within earshot and said, or can overhear what we're doing. You know, I'm going to take their name down. And when you get a dollar, you can come back and get your, get your glasses. And it can't wait, you know, a week. So many people dig into the bottom of their pocket, you know, pour out or pull out their, you know, four quarters and say, here, take this. They don't know who they are. Never saw them before. And more tears. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And a dollar can do remarkable things, right? I mean, Indeed. it, it yeah. can reach, it reach, yeah. uh, uh, it can be far reaching. Yeah. Um, what about this $1, $5 buy-in? What's that about? You know, when I saw that, you know, we, we, the dollar buy buys you a pair of glasses, but the deal is if you lose them in a short period of time, then it's going to cost you five bucks. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, so we just want to make that clear. We want to make that clear. Okay. Yeah. What about other ways uh, yeah, well, that your ministry serves the community? Yeah. And we have uh, hygiene bags that we, we offer uh, one, one bag of hygiene uh, supplies for, per month. And we keep track of who we're giving hygiene bags to. And we have prescription co-payments that we help people get their prescriptions. We have showers um, that people can come every, every, uh, every day for a shower. Well, they can't come in there. Now, but once we get back into the regular schedule, we have three showers that they can come in for free showers, and um, we have a washer and dryer. They can, can come in and wash their clothes instead of just washing, wearing them until they're dirty and throwing them away. You know, they can wash their clothes. Um, we you have, have a barber do, shop too, don't you? We have a barber shop. Yes, indeed, we have a barber shop that is there during our meal and uh, on a regular basis too. Again, this this uh, commitment that I'll be there every ex, you know, every Wednesday of the, of the month or every fourth Wednesday of the month, you know, be there on time. And, and that's what they really depend on. And then of course we have, uh, we, we provide GED information. We help people get their GEDs. You know, we have local information. Sounds like St. Ben's is providing so many things that I bet people aren't even aware of. Um, anything else, brother Robert, that you'd like to add to the list? Yes, thank you. Uh, Capuchin Community Services, one of our newer and more dynamic partnerships is with the Heartland Housing Alliance. And let me just back up briefly and say that I was posted to Milwaukee in 2013 when I was in what's called academic formation. I was in academic studies during the school year, and then you get your assignments in the summer. When I came to St. Ben's for the summer in 2013, we were serving between 400 and 500 people a night at the meal. And when I got assigned here again in 2018, the number had went between 250 and 300 people. And what happened in those intervening five years? Something called Housing First. The city, partners in the city, Capuchin Community Services, St. Ben's, wanted to partner in Housing First. And Housing First is you have issues that are keeping you from thriving, but they're also keeping you from having a home. So, you know, uh, something in your past, something a mental or physical ailment and housing first says we will get you a place to live and then we will be with you we call it supported housing and we will help you solve the problem so that you don't end up back in the state of homelessness so one of our uh, partnerships is with heartland housing they operate capuchin apartments at 25th and fond du lac 
and St. Anthony Apartments right above our gathering space at 930 West State Street. And our partnership allows them to have those caseworkers on site in the building looking after the folks who struggled. I know a man upstairs in the St. Anthony apartment who lost his home in the flood of 2010. Remember that big rainstorm? He lost his place of living and he took nine years before he got secure housing again. And uh, now he's there and uh, he, he, there's somebody that he can turn to, connect him with resources. And that's our partnership. So um, I guess I was taught by my uh, educators, the Sisters of Mercy, that when you're doing the works of mercy, when you're doing direct help, one of your main goals is to put yourself out of business, to empower people and help them do for themselves. So uh, that's one of the things that CCS does, uh, basically the whole ministry, but it really began out of St. Ben's. How can we help you if you're coming in night after night and I get to know you and I say, well, I, I have a hard time getting a job. Here's why. I have a hard time of having a landlord rent to me. Here's why. And we've begun to do the work of solving those problems with really uh, trustworthy and hardworking partners um, to um, really change outcomes. And so you're, you're finding out what the need is of each individual, and then you are looking to provide help in whatever way you can. I think it, it goes beyond, um, it spills out all over, you know, through your, your services, your acts of mercy, your uh, relationships with other organizations, those collaborative pieces, you know, again, not one can do it all. And so it's so important to then partner with other organizations so that you can provide the best that you can possibly provide to the people that you serve. So, um, okay, so we now know more about the ways that Capuchin is making a difference by feeding the homeless and by offering peace of mind and heart to families who need it in a variety of ways. Uh, So stay tuned as we wrap up and we talk about how you can help in their efforts. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG. Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Brother Robert Wotipka and Chuck Schmela from the Capuchin Community Services. So, as we learned, Capuchin Community Services is the main organization, and House of Peace and St. Ben's Community Meal Program are the two organizations or the service programs that you offer. We learned quite a bit about both of those today, so thank you for sharing more about how you guys make such a great impact with those programs. We want to be sure, too, that our audience understands that you, like most nonprofit organizations, especially now, can only make an impact to the extent that your resources will carry you, right? I'm, I'm sure that you have many challenges along the way that you face. Yes, um, we are really blessed with a, a very hardworking and very well-connected and uh, very committed of development administrator, uh, a man named Jim Van Hoven. And uh, I inherited him. Uh, he's been with uh, CCS, I think, going back to 2005. And he uh, helps us raise money. We have really tremendous logistic challenges Challenges at uh, CCS. We have two sites. And that means, you know, two sets of utility bills and cable and internet and, and uh, cartage and vehicle insurance. And uh, gosh, um, they just keep coming. Uh, but I think that there is a need for the two sites. Uh, one mission, two ministries with two related um, works of mercy. So, um, yeah, that comes to mind. 
just really turning the lights on every day, uh, paying a living wage to all of our uh, staff, continuing to uh, fund the partnerships that we have entered into. Uh, all these things uh, are on my mind uh, <laughs> as I think about, you know, the some months, uh, you know, you can, I'll be getting donations, you know, and, and uh, writing a thank you letter, a $50 donation, $100 donation, $50, $100. And then here's a bill for $4,000. And somehow it all evens out, uh, usually around Christmas time, uh, we, we kind of catch up. But um, yeah, we do get a lot of support from the community and um, people trust us with their gifts. And I'm real grateful for that. Yeah. And, and again, the, there's need all year round, you know, the, the hunger does not stop after the holiday season uh, or the need for clothing or furniture or glasses or prescriptions, you know, goes on all year long. And so uh, we just want people to understand that there are a number of ways that, that they can help. And I'm sure you've had to pivot as, as many have had to regarding COVID and make some adjustments, right? Yes, uh, from the middle of March, uh, we ask volunteers to please stay safer at home, and we ask the uh, community uh, meal sponsors uh, to please um, let us buy and prepare the food on site uh, that gets delivered uh, on weeknights from St. Ben's. Uh, we're trying to limit the number of contacts. You know, don't leave your home if you don't have to. So instead of you know uh, forty or fifty volunteers going shopping and and then driving to Ben's to drop off. Well, you know, we'll get that one order in the week, every week from the purveyor or from the food bank and then deliver from here. Uh, we very much want to welcome volunteers back. Right now we're serving with staff only and we've added staff and we've added staff hours. Um, and uh, we have our main event every June. Uh, it's coupled with um, Polish Fest. It's called the Walk for the Hungry, always by the lakeside. Uh, it was a run for a couple of years too. Um, thousands of people turn out and that was virtual this year. We kind of scaled it down and made it a neighborhood walk. So uh, if you'll go to our Facebook page, you'll see that everybody got their t-shirts just as they do every year and then took a walk in their neighborhood. Uh, I went to meet some groups uh, on the campus of Mount Mary. Uh, I went up to uh, Blue Mountain Road, met a family. Um, I ran into some Knights of Columbus along the Lakeshore Drive, all doing their neighborhood walks. And it turned out to be really almost the exact same level of participation in, as years past. And because it was virtual, a lot of the expenses were, were saved. So it turned out to be a real successful fundraiser. But what we missed was the friend raising, you know, yeah. you know they're at the lakefront, uh, catching up group photos. We very much want that to come back too. Yeah, I miss that so much. I mean, there's nothing like receiving or giving a, a hug and, and being able to, again, um, meet eyes with someone or just just have a nice friendly discussion. I know you can do it virtually, but there's just that human element is just is just missing when you're zooming all the time. So I look forward to getting back to that. Um, we talked about before that we were going to make sure people understood how they can help and again help needed all through the year. Can you give us some idea on uh, what your greatest needs are? I want to um, reopen, we want to reopen the St. Ben's Meal Hall, and it really, I believe, has to be modernized. House of Peace has a pretty modern extension. It was built out in the year 2008. It's got central heating and air. Um, St. Ben's Meal Hall, uh, not the gathering space, we moved into the gathering space from which I'm speaking to you now in January of 2019, and that has modern HVAC, and, and uh, re the air is refreshed every couple minutes, uh, but St. Ben's is on a boiler and uh, has no air conditioning. 
And um, now that we know how important ventilation is, I'd really like to do everything I can to uh, ask the community to support us in a pretty heavy modification so that we can get uh, new equipment, so that we can make the place uh, more safely uh, hospitable for guests and volunteers and staff. And I think that means um, having an air circulation system that'll make it a safe place to gather, even when the conditions are a little challenging. We, uh, we will probably also, um, now some of this is out of our hands, but we talk about direct help. Um, if we don't have uh, relief on a large scale for families who have fallen behind on their rent because of a sudden and dramatic loss in income, um, I'm not sure that the direct help program will be able to scale up. Uh, we have two social workers on staff they have to have an intake. They have to have an interview with every person who comes in presenting a need. But I'm afraid that in a, you know, a metro area of over a million people, that would be a drop in the bucket. So uh, maybe uh, read the signs of the times and encourage um, the public sector to say, can we do something collectively as a community to prevent a wave of evictions? Um, there are direct help agencies. There, there is some funding. I know we, we, House of Peace is doing its part. CCS is doing its part. But what can we do to help our neighbors uh, so that, uh, especially in the depths of winter, uh, we won't have a wave of evictions? We're really asking everyone to ask the people who can help with these decisions to, to do their part, too. Okay. And, of course, um, food donations, monetary donations, volunteers when the time is appropriate, right? All those things that you're no different than majority of, of the other 50,000 plus nonprofits across the state that, that need support uh, in a variety of ways. And so we just want to make sure that we draw attention to that. So anybody listening who has a heart to help will know ways that they can do that. Where's the best place to get more information either on Caption Community Services or House of Peace or St. Ben specifically? Yep, we're pretty easy to find, Jill. Thank you. We're at capuchincommunityservices.org. Um, we keep that site up to date. Um, we're even more uh, attentive because it seems to be such an incredible communication tool for all of its uh, challenges. Facebook, our Facebook page is pretty lively. Um, you'll see um, some of the engagements we had even today, people who came to the House of Peace to drop off donations for the holidays. And so go to capuchincommunityservices.org. You'll see a donate button and you'll also see a little tab called ways to help and, and uh, the ways to help are um, again, volunteering is paused, but do reach out to Nicole fair, our volunteer coordinator and get your name in the ring. And so that when we can welcome people back, she'll know how to contact you. And if you're one of our um, 60 sponsor groups who help us with the meal, please uh, hang in there, keep your volunteer communities uh, together. I, I share information as widely and as, as uh, thoroughly as I can. Um, so yeah, just stay in touch, uh, check the Facebook page, check the website, call me, uh, write to me. Uh, my email is on every letter that I sent from here. Call Kenny Howard, the site manager at St. Ben's, call Ms. Linda Barnes, the site manager at House of Peace, and uh, stay connected because the needs, uh, frankly, with such a dramatic loss in employment and income, I think the basic human needs that we are uniquely gifted to address hunger and homelessness, I think they're going to be rising at least for the next couple of quarters. And um, if we can stay strong, and I'm not asking the community to do more than what they've done, they've been so supportive, but just please help us keep up uh, with what I think is maybe a, a, a potential avalanche of needs um, if we, if we um, don't take the right steps as a community to prevent economic 
disaster for many of our brothers and sisters. Yeah. And everybody can do something, right? You know, no matter how big or small, everybody can, can do something. So Capuchin Community Services and Capuchin is C-A-P-U-C-H-I-N, correct? Exactly right. It's okay. the word for capuche. We wear a habit. Some people call it a robe. We wear it a habit and it has an elongated hood. That's the capuche. So the guys who wear the capuche became the capuchins, the capuchins. Ah, okay. Neat story. Okay. <laughs> so thank you for joining me today, Brother Robert Wotipka and Chuck Schmela, and for sharing your passion about giving back and making a difference in the community with the various programs that you offer through Capuchin Community Services, the House of Peace and St. Ben's. Thanks. Thanks for having us. It was really enjoyable. And, and uh, thank you. This is a community service that I, I very much appreciate. You are welcome. And I'm quite sure that you both inspired some people to want to help in some way today. So thank you. If you're interested in getting the word out on how you and or your nonprofit are making an impact in our community, contact me at jill at ellenbecker.com. Or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. And we can discuss how you can be a guest on the show. Join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community on News Talk 1130 WISN to learn more about some great people, great organizations that are contributing to making our community a better place in a number of different ways. You can tune in on your radio or you can Google it on your device of choice and it'll pop right up. Or you can use the iHeartRadio app. You can also visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows. You can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. Use your time, your talents, and your resources, along with a healthy dose of passion, to help others and pay it forward. It's said that service to others is the ultimate recognition of our desire to live for something greater than ourselves. Through that process, you will have found a way to be a blessing and give a blessing all at the same time. Have a wonderful Sunday.